It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That crazy starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and aeroplanes. Many fruits are not afraid. I have a machine, listen to yourself, the world with its own needs. Let me give your own hands, beat it up, and I've seen that no sheep. The ladder from the clatter with the fear fight down, like fire in a fire. The city of the gang, the government for hire in the combat site. But you wasn't coming in a hurry, leave the jury, beat it down your neck. It's the hour of Christmas doom. No, <laughs> Christmas bloom. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas and welcome to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour, an hour of holiday happiness in a horrific world. I'm Joe Alton, MD, also known as Dr. Bones of doomandbloom.net, where you'll find posts, videos, and podcasts on medical preparedness for any disaster. And I'm Amy Alton. I'm an advanced registered nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife. And a heck of a gal, the hostess with the mostest. All we're here for is simply to help you keep it together in this holiday season. We're going to be talking about that today, even if everything else falls apart. And listen to this. All information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bose and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. No contract or provider-patient relationship exists or is implied between the hosts and listeners. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it is available. That's right. Take advantage of modern medicine, high technology, and all those other wonderful things before the you-know-what hits the fan. But you know what? You're going to be very well served if you know what to do for injuries and illnesses in times of trouble. Get some supplies and a good medical kit. And you might even consider getting it from the beautiful nurse Amy here. She has an entire line of often imitated, never-equaled medical kits at store.doomandbloom.net. Very sweet of you. Thank you so much for saying that. Always open to giving a shameless plug where it's deserved. (laughs) Well, you know what? I just want to mention something. We're going to be talking about surviving Christmas if you're lonely or helping others who might be lonely. And um, I just wanted to let people know, you know, you think, oh, I have to get something. I have to. But for several years now, we don't buy each other gifts. It's more a matter of memories and love for us. So the Christmas spirit is strong in this household, and it has nothing to do with gifts. That's right. Well, we do decorate a little bit. Though. Oh, you you decorate beautifully. Oh, well, thank you I very love much. your Christmas decorations. <laughs> it makes the festive holiday more spiritual. Even more. Uh, yes. <laughs> there, there you go. I love it. Hey, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of my original article called A New Pneumonia, where I wrote about a strange new virus that had sickened 60, count them, 60 people in a place called Wuhan, China. That was January 7th, 2020, before anyone died or they even had a name for the pathogen that we now know as SARS-CoV-2. I also wrote early articles like, if you're not wearing a mask, you're nuts, and 
If COVID isn't a pandemic, I don't know what is. That's before the World Health Organization declared it as such. Now we're heading into the winter season at about 78 million cases, 79 million cases worldwide, 1.8 million deaths. This is bad because the winter season, usually the flu causes the most problems this time of year, seems to be almost non-existent as people have taken personal safety precautions seriously. That seems to be a one ray of light in this darkness that is the pandemic. But still, COVID-19 is likely to continue due to its high transmission rate. It's going to be part of our lives for, honestly, I think another year. Most of you know me as the doctor who recommended the original storing of certain fish antibiotics for scenarios where there is no longer a functioning medical infrastructure. Now, of course, that qualified me in the eyes of some in the medical establishment as certifiably insane. But my mission after all these years is still to put a survival medic in every family and prevent every avoidable death off the grid. For that, medics need a high level of suspicion for these kinds of infections and other problems, as well as tools in the woodshed, like antibiotics maybe for bacterial infections, personal protection gear, things like that. We always get a lot of questions about what you can do to obtain a supply of different medicines in times of trouble. For COVID-19, the latest one that we're hearing about and that we're getting questions about is called ivermectin. Is ivermectin an effective option and can you find it without a prescription? What is ivermectin? It's a drug used in oral form to deal with certain parasitic infections, worms and things like that, that you have definitely never heard of, like strongyloides and onchocerciasis. Wow. Also in topical treatment to deal with things you have heard of, like scabies, which by the way is different from crabs. We'll talk about that in another show. It's an ingredient in HeartGuard for small pets and available online in a number of equine and food-producing livestock versions, things for cattle, pigs, and horses. Ivermectin has recently gotten a lot of attention as a drug that could prevent the transmission of COVID-19 and maybe treat the symptoms of those people infected with SARS-CoV-2. Some of the attention is positive, some of it is negative, and it's all reminiscent of, guess what, the controversy about hydroxychloroquine earlier in the year. A number of foreign studies, like one in Australia, found that ivermectin had a good effect against SARS-CoV-2 in vitro. That means in test tubes and agar plates, you know, petri dishes, things like that, not on animals nor humans. A couple of weeks ago, however, results started to come in more and more frequently from small studies done on humans everywhere from Bangladesh to South Florida. They all seemed to confirm the potential of ivermectin against covid in one study, hospitalized COVID-19 patients that received a five-day course of 12 milligrams daily did better than patients on placebo. Now, the drug alone was actually superior to combinations of the drug given as a single dose with antibiotics like doxycycline. The five-day ivermectin group was 77% more likely to have viral clearance, get rid of the virus, in other words, by day 14, by the way, the usual dose for ivermectin is 0.2 milligrams per kilogram. Some say 0.15. Either would be good, but 0.2 is what you usually you usually read. One kilogram, by the way, equals 2.2 pounds. In South Florida, a study performed in the spring, but released just a couple of months ago, included 280 hospitalized patients, of which 173 received ivermectin and 107 didn't. These were four Broward Health Hospitals, one of which I actually rotated through a thousand years ago when I was a resident in my youth. 
Patients all had confirmed COVID-19. Some of them were on ventilators in ICUs. They were pretty darn sick. Well, the analysis of the results showed a lower death rate in the ivermectin group from all causes, 15% in the ivermectin group, and these are people that were hospitalized, versus 25% if you didn't get ivermectin. Now, results were also impressive in patients that were on ventilators in the ICU. They had a 38.8% mortality versus an almost 81% mortality if they didn't get the ivermectin. So ivermectin treatment is associated with lower mortality in these studies during treatment of COVID-19 and especially in patients who have severe lung involvement. Since ivermectin is FDA approved for treatment of parasitic infections in humans and is given in similar doses in these studies that I just mentioned, it's relatively safe. Between 3 and 4 billion doses have been given worldwide, not for COVID-19, but for parasites. But still, that means that there shouldn't be a lot of surprises regarding side effects. Given the results of these studies, which I admit are composed of only small numbers of patients, ivermectin has developed a following in the medical community. There's a Dr. Pierre Corey, C-O-R-Y, who's a pulmonary specialist at St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He gave testimony last week in front of a Senate committee. He said the data show that ivermectin is effectively a, quote, miracle drug, and he actually said this, against COVID-19. Dr. Corey's a, a member of a group of doctors that call themselves the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. They publish a review of the research that claims that not only can ivermectin prevent COVID-19, but it can also improve the outcomes for sick COVID-19 patients. Uh, a one-page summary, by the way, of the most up-to-date clinical trials supporting the use of ivermectin is available online. They probably have a website. I'll have to look into that. Now, you have to realize that professors at medical centers aren't normally given to claiming miracle drug status to anything, including miracle drugs. So this is actually pretty interesting. As usual, the critics have come out criticizing the ivermectin study, claiming several flaws in the methodology and in it's true that there are flaws in a lot of these studies. An interesting one is that the Florida study patients often receive hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin as well as ivermectin, so there could certainly be some confusion. Now, other studies didn't use that combination, though. Despite this, the CDC has come out strongly against using any form of ivermectin against COVID-19 until more is known. It shouldn't be a surprise that their recommendations definitely includes any veterinary sources, which is what I'm constantly being asked questions about. The perception of ivermectin as a COVID-19 remedy has mirrored that of hydroxychloroquine. That drug was highly touted as a possible treatment for COVID-19 after President Trump said in March that he was taking it. The Food and Drug Administration even gave the drug a compassionate use authorization as a treatment for COVID-19, but then it later rescinded it after researchers claimed that it wasn't effective. Honestly, I believe it was the failure to include zinc in a lot of these studies. That's to blame for the less than impressive results. And let's face it, once President Trump came out for it, it became just another political football between right and left. I guess the worst thing that could happen to any drug is for the president, at least the current president, to come out in favor of it. As for academics, you have to realize that these are human beings too, and they have their own biases and their own opinions. I think they manipulate results whenever they can to fit their needs or their mindset. So that's why it's so hard for me sometimes to do what I'm told and follow the science, as all the medical experts say. The science is sometimes skewed to match the goals of the experts. And so you really have to scrutinize all the information as carefully as you possibly can and come to your own conclusions. 
The critics say the studies are too small to believe, and sure enough, small sample sizes can lead to bias outcomes. But so can bias scientists, regardless of the study size. That's my concern. I'm hoping that more data comes out soon that shows benefits from the use of ivermectin in the near future. Now, with regards to veterinary sources, no veterinary ivermectin that I know of meets all of my strict criteria for medical storage for survival situations. This is what I used when I evaluated fish antibiotics all those years ago, and it had three main points. One, it must have one active ingredient, in this case, only ivermectin. That rules out HeartGuard, by the way, which has a different drug as well. It's a combination. Two, it has to be produced in human dosages, preferably only in human dosages. That rules out drugs made for horses and cattle, which obviously have a much larger amount, and you actually have to figure out how much of that particular dose you would give to an actual human being, depending on the, on the size of that person. And three, it has to appear identical to the human version made by at least one pharmaceutical company. I haven't found one that does that yet. Of course, ivermectin exists as a human drug. It's by prescription only and it looks like it's going to stay that way. Ivermectin certainly has potential and some politicians are formally asking for the CDC to swiftly conduct further studies into it for COVID. The FDA can issue emergency use authorizations for its use or other drugs. If we can keep the politics out of it, it might be an option to help save some lives. So what should you be taking to prevent COVID-19 that you can actually buy without a prescription? Well, actually, a number of things in combination may help. This is what the Eastern Virginia Medical School protocol suggests. Now, understand there's no absolute proof that this cocktail that I'm going to tell you about is going to prevent or mitigate against COVID-19. The doctors at Eastern Virginia, they believe there is, however, significant evidence supporting the effectiveness of these substances. They don't take the place of public health measures like masks and social distancing, avoiding crowds. So use your common sense. Again, all of these items are inexpensive, safe, and they're widely available. Now, vitamin D deficiency, I've talked about that. That has been associated with an increased risk of acquiring COVID-19 and also dying from the disease. They usually recommend vitamin D3, 1,000 to maybe 3,000 international units a day. And notice that the recommended daily allowance is only about 800 or to 1,000. That's ridiculously low. And that's why 42% of Americans are vitamin D deficient. The safe upper dose limit, the Eastern Virginia people say, is likely 4,000 international units a day. I say more than that. I've seen studies that say 10,000. I take 5,000. Some folks I know take even more. If you're at particular risk, if you're long in the tooth like I am, or if you're African-American or Hispanic, obese, or Canadian, that's right, over 45 degrees latitude, you get less vitamin D from sun exposure. Well, vitamin D is not a bad idea. You should also take vitamin C, vitamin C 500 milligrams twice a day, and quercetin, quercetin, Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N, if you haven't heard of it before, 250 milligrams of that daily in combination is also something that the Eastern Virginia folks recommend. It's likely that the vitamin C and quercetin have preventative properties against COVID and they seem to work better together. Another thing is melatonin. You may have heard about it for sleep. The slow-release melatonin is pretty good. You would begin with maybe 0.3 milligrams, increase it as tolerated to up to 2 milligrams at night because it will make you sleepy. Zinc. It's something I've been talking about, well, since the beginning of the year. I think 220 milligrams of zinc sulfate is fine, so I would definitely take that. Uh, B-complex vitamins, especially B12, that's also important. 
And so all of this stuff together, I think, is pretty good. Now, the Eastern Virginia people say that if you can get your doctor to prescribe ivermectin, let's say you're high risk for getting exposed, but not sick, they may give you a prescription for it. The standard dose is 0.2 milligrams per kilogram. Remember, a kilogram is 2.2 pounds. And you would take that immediately, and then you repeat the dose about three days later. For prevention in high-risk individuals, let's say over 60 years old with heart disease, diabetes, the like, morbidly obese people, long-term care patients, things like that, we would take 0.15 to 0.2 milligrams per kilogram. That would be maybe 12 milligrams for an average-sized person. The drug comes in 12 milligrams, also comes in 3 and 6 milligrams. You take the appropriate dose on day one, day three, and then you would take it weekly for 10 weeks, followed by every other week doses after that. So those are some of the things you can do. They also are suggesting as an option, famotidine, famotidine is pepsid, a antacid, and it's possible that pepsid may reduce disease severity and mortality. However, I have to say that the findings of some of these studies are contradictory, so eh, not so certain. However, if you have acid reflux and are at risk for COVID, if you're going to pick an antacid, you might consider pepsid. Okay, so there are a lot of different things that you can use that are widely available. Vitamin D, lots of vitamin D deficiency definitely causes bad outcomes with uh, COVID-19. Vitamin C and quercetin together. Right. They work better together. And And zinc. And zinc, 220 milligrams of zinc sulfate would do on a daily basis. Although I do advise that people have it with food. Zinc can be a little hard on the stomach. Yes, it can. Especially at that dose. So make sure you've eaten a meal. That's That's right. my advice from a bad experience. (laughs) Also, melatonin is something that may be worthwhile and also pepsin. So those are some of the things that we're talking about. Now that issue, COVID-19, is something that is in the present. But there are evergreen issues that occur around this time of the year besides having to deal with COVID-19 and pandemics and things like that. One of them is influenza. Influenza is not, well, in the news at all. It's not raging. I I guess maybe, maybe possibly because people are more serious now about personal protection and things like that. Gosh, I hope. Maybe that's why. Restaurants are cleaner. Folks are cleaner. Yes. People are texting us. Yes. (laughs) In the middle of our show. Thanks. Oh, it's Jack Spearco sending a picture. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) But there are some issues that are evergreen. And one of them is depression that occurs in the winter. winter. And it may be Christmas related. It may be just related to cold weather and gray skies and things like that that you see oftentimes. So Jack wants to know if you hate money. <laughs> He's a funny guy. I Apparently hate your article that you put up on MeWe is not shareable. Oh, that's sad. Yes, yeah, so you'll have to fix that oh, issue. Well, I can't. I was talking about COVID-19. Maybe that is the case. No, no. MeWe doesn't do that. Oh, yeah? I don't, I don't believe so. That's why we're all on that platform, honey. For freedom of speech. Okay. Well, you would think, right? <laughs> okay. So you have some things that we can actually do to deal with winter depression. You have some natural remedies. and uh, I do. I, I absolutely hope that you'll do. share some of those with us. I would love to. All right. Tell us how to get through what Elvis would call that blue Christmas. Now, today I'm also going to talk about um, something not terribly happy, but I think something that is affecting a lot of us 
because we've been stuck in the house for so long in 2020. It's just been crazy. But now the holidays are here and things are not better because we have less sunlight. We're stuck in a house, maybe with some poor lighting, and a lot of people are not only experiencing winter depression because of gray skies, but because of what's been happening to the world. Um, Typically, if it happens, the depression during the winter season, it's called seasonal affective disorder or SAD, which makes perfect sense because you become sad. Some people do experience this on a regular basis every single year when fall comes and then the winter skies turn gray and they're not going out as much. Uh, They they feel blue. They they feel physically ill. They, They feel sad. They don't smile. They're not as talkative as they were. And I think even for folks that don't typically experience that, some of us are having that issue this year no matter where you live, you know, things are kind of strange and it's not real good. So for the winter, what happens for the seasonal is the daylight hours waned. Uh, We get shorter days that even the sun is up, let alone not quite as bright as in the summer. The plants and animals make their seasonal preparations. Biological changes transform Uh, the landscape we've got no leaves on the tree Um, things look bleak there's not a lot of green there's not any flowers and just things don't seem as happy and perky we don't get a lot of birds that are chirping and happy so just you know sounds and sights all seem a, a little less happy I have an article here from actually four years ago today (laughs) which is really funny and I did do a show which you've heard earlier um, more about loneliness at Christmas and this I think this kind of goes hand in hand Um, so I'm gonna pull some things from this article but also you know add my own take on it and especially a twist on it because with COVID some of the advice um, like socializing <laughs> and getting out to parties is not exactly something we're going to be able to do this year. In fact, I'm sure I did mention some of that uh, when I did the show four years ago that you're listening to earlier now. So I apologize for telling people to get outside and go do some things. And really, if you can do it in a safe environment, in an outdoor environment, that's great. If you can do it over Zoom, that's wonderful. Of course, you're safer at home. We all know that. But do what you can to um, definitely socialize. But we'll talk about uh, that a little later. So um, statistics show that they estimate about 20%, which is a lot, of the U.S. population is affected by this SAD, the winter depression. which is pretty amazing if you think about it if you have you know there's 10 people in your family that means two of you may not be you personally but some two people in your family are sad and maybe they haven't communicated this with you maybe you just kind of notice that they're a little bit different in the winter and maybe around the holidays they're not as chatty as they are in the summer try to have a conversation with them 
because they may need more help than just, you know, a pep talk or some of the, the remedies that we're going to talk about to help change your routine and, and help get you out of this feeling um, that may work for you. But talk with them and, and keep an eye on them because people can get pretty depressed in the winter and, you know, lead to some terrible things. So look out for this. You know, just, hey, how you doing? How how do you how are you doing this winter? Things are a little worse this winter. Are how are you feeling? And you just you know opening up that conversation and then letting them tell you how they feel. Now if they say oh I'm just fine and then they go back to the sad face and they seem like a different person than they do in the summer, you may need to investigate a little more or find a relative who's a little bit closer to them who you can ask to you know talk to them and maybe they'll open up with that person. Uh, unfortunately, women are at a bigger risk for this and, and just depression in general. Um, they think it's our biology. Who knows? Um, but it doesn't mean that it's natural to feel terrible in winter. So if you're somebody who does feel exceptionally bad in the winter time, that's not okay. It's not just normal or typical for you. You don't have to go through that. It, it really affects you. It causes stress on your body and it could affect and, and cause diseases and illnesses. Whenever you don't feel good, your immune system could be a little lower. So you could be more susceptible to getting sick or having things happen to you. So you should feel good. It doesn't mean you need to feel elated all the time. Nobody should feel, you know, elated at every moment of every day that's not how life is life does excuse the word suck sometimes and it may suck a few times during the day but you know what there should also be some good things that you smile about or are happy about but you don't have to be jumping up for joy that's not what I'm talking about that's not the mood that we're seeking here it's more of a stability a you know if something good happens that you do smile that you are happy because people who have this seasonal affective disorder the winter depression they might smile but you're probably not going to get a belly laugh out of them and you're probably not going to get a hearty oh hey that's so wonderful i'm so happy for you they may be like, oh, that's great. So you're going to notice that their reaction to things that they should be super happy about or at least show some happiness about that, that they don't. Um, so how do people experience sad seasonal affective disorder? Uh, they usually feel more tired. They feel sleepy. They crave more carbohydrates and might overindulge. Like I think a lot of people are doing this year from the stress of COVID. Um, it's affecting people in ways they never thought it would affect them. Work and children and the world. Shopping. And I don't mean shopping like fun shopping. I mean just shopping for groceries is stressful. Um, you might feel irritable, hopeless, numb. And this is what I'm saying. If you tell somebody something and it should be met with some good cheer, and it's not, there might be something else happening in that person's life. So, you know, give people a chance to talk to you. Uh, get to know your own body, too. Um, things like lack of outdoor light triggers your circadian rhythm. So you have a biological clock. You have sunlight, which tells your body to wake up, 
be perky. And then the sun goes down and we quiet down, we relax, and then hopefully we're able to go to sleep. And it's a little um, crazy with shorter days, shorter sunlight days, and your, your clock can get scrambled. You're not having, you know, even amounts of, of daylight and nighttime, or at least being able to go out in the sun for a number of hours to tell your body that, hey, we're awake, and then to come inside and then calm down and be able to go to sleep. It's thrown off. And brain chemicals can get unbalanced in response. So the people who have this, it's not like they're doing it to themselves. This is a chemical problem. They're they're reacting to their bodies. It it just happens. Um, people who have SAD produce uh, excess melatonin, which triggers uh, sleepiness, which means they want to just you know lay on the couch and relax all day long and not really do anything, not get outside. They have reduced serotonin levels, which is um, a mood transmitter, neurotransmitter. And when that gets messed up, you're going to feel sadder. So you need a good serotonin level. Uh, A good supplement for these things is definitely vitamin D. They have shown studies that low vitamin D levels, which Joe has talked about, Dr. Bones, Dr. Alton, has talked about low vitamin D levels before. We need to make sure that everyone is taking a vitamin D supplement, especially during the winter, especially when there's illnesses going around, even if it's just the flu season. It will keep your body healthy. There have been so many studies that have shown that low vitamin D levels can lead to all kinds of problems. What we're taking is a vitamin D supplement, 125 uh, micrograms, but we combined it with a K2 of 100 micrograms. So it's a D, D3 and a K2, and it's plant-based. So we take that every day. And if one of us doesn't remember, hopefully the other one does. <laughs> I should probably set an alarm. But there's not really a magic pill. and these It's, it's not just take a vitamin D. You need to change your habits. And your habits are what's going to change your internal clock, which in turn can change your hormones and the disruption of what's going on. Of course, first and foremost, if possible, if safe for you where you live, get outside. Between 10 and 3, at least in the summer, probably more like 2 in the winter, is when the most intense sunlight is if you don't have gray skies. Even if you get out in gray skies, there's just something about getting out of your home, breaking out. I know we're all feeling cooped up and absolutely like bears hibernating, and we all need to get outside. Um, If you've got snow, go for a walk with a friend, bring your family out, go snowboarding or just hiking around in your yard or or down the street just get outside dress properly make sure you don't freeze (laughs) we also have articles on hypothermia but I don't want you to have to use those Um, window shop 
Uh, go watch a playground. Go sit on a park bench and watch some kids playing. You need to get outside. You need to just experience some sunlight and and breaking out of your doldrums of being in the home. People are working now from home. You're not even traveling to work. At least people, when you did leave your house to go to work, you were in the car or you were on a train or you were walking. You were outside of your house. Now everybody's like, oh, I wake up in my pajamas and now I'm working. And you're just sitting there all day long. And then you get off work, except you're still home. So you're still sitting in the same position, in the same location, with no change, day after day after day. We have to break these routines. Try to get up out of your seat a few times, even if it's just to stand and sort of march in place. Get some circulation. If you can get outside, if you do get a break, quote unquote, at work, which is, quote, at home, get outside. Walk outside. Even if you're in an apartment building, walk out onto the streets. I promise you, unless you're in some terrible crowd, that you're not going to get COVID being outside of your house. Now, if you've got rules that you have to wear a mask outside, then put the mask on, whatever. But we don't have that where I live in South Florida, or at least my county, Broward. And we're allowed to walk around the block or to walk outside of our house or parking lots or outdoors anywhere in parks without a mask on. My daughter's down with her new puppy, her golden retriever, first aid Phil. And so we've gone to the dog park a few times. By the way, people in dog parks are super nice. <clears throat> but none of us are wearing masks. Well, maybe a couple people are wearing masks, but I think it's silly. There's literally a breeze coming off of a big lake onto the dog park, sweeping across it. There's no way that anyone's going to get enough COVID load outside that they're actually going to get COVID from being outside in a breezy park. But that's just my lecture. (laughs) Um, Try not to blame yourself for feeling sad or feeling depressed. Just remember that, you know, it's hard to control your hormones. What we're doing here is to try and find a way to fix your clock, to fix your um, your circadian clock I'm talking about, to fix your, your hormones so that you just naturally feel better. And walking or getting out of the house with a friend, a person who you may socially distance from if you feel that's the way you need to do it, is very helpful. Finding someone to be around, someone to talk to. We all need friends. Um, and we'll talk again Uh, in a little bit about socializing but if you can do your outside activities with other people again pretty darn safe and fun just don't spend indoor time with that person without a mask if they're not part of your household unless things have changed in the future which knock on wood they will change Reduce late night light now we are totally guilty of this i mean what have we all been doing since COVID made us stay inside. We're watching television, binge watching, Netflix, Hulu, Apple TV, um, Disney Plus, HBO Max, (laughs) and your cable stations. Let's not forget Hallmark during the holiday times. In fact, we've had Hallmark on all day long, mostly because I think our African Grey enjoys the um, happy songs. (laughs) 
<laughs> and there's lots of giggling in the Hallmark movies, but it's also holiday uh, cheer. It's romantic. It's very sweet. But anyway, we've, you know, what are the evenings spent doing? Uh, let's watch an entire season of uh, Peaky Blinders or watch um, The Queen's Gambit. <laughs> so a lot of us are spending much more, many more hours in front of the boob tube when the sun goes down. It's entertaining. It takes our mind off the the suckiness of the world right now, but it's not good for sleep. So if you're somebody who's suffering from the seasonal affective disorder, you are going to mess yourself up even more. Your circadian rhythm, the one that tells you when you should be awake and when you should go to sleep, is messed up by these late night HBO Max movies. The Mandalorian. (laughs) You're watching it till 1 a.m. Okay, well, at 1 a.m. you should have been asleep for a few hours already. Again, guilty, guilty, guilty. We're doing the same thing. So what should we do? I'm going to tell you what we should do, not necessarily what we any of us are doing. So to maintain the healthy circadian rhythm, we need the daylight, but we also need real darkness too. So you need to make your room as dark as possible. If you have curtains, pull them. If you have noises outside, buy a, a air purifier that makes a little bit of a fan sound. That'll help dampen the sound, but you need to turn off all of those LED lights that are on, the the chargers and all these things that have lights on them. Try to cover them up, get rid of them, make your room super, super dark. Your brain needs to say, oh, it's dark, I'm going to have to go to sleep. So we're trying to fix the circadian rhythm. Sufferers can sleep too much, and it may be at the wrong time. So staying up late at night and then sleeping till 11 or 12 the next day, again, totally messes up your hormones, makes this much worse. So try to keep a regular schedule. So how should you wake up in the morning? Allow the light to gently enter your home. Um, at night, allow the darkness to enter your home by reducing the brightness of the lights, by um, turning off the television, or at least dimming it. If you have a bright screen on a computer, dim that. You want to decrease the light that's going into your eyes. You want your brain to recognize that things are starting to calm down, lights are going off. If you have bright lights in your bedroom, turn one off, then turn the next one off. Slowly bring your body down as if it was the sun going down in the evening, but you're kind of doing that same thing in your room. So if you have a dimmer on your lights, that's great. But try and dim things, you know, as you're getting closer and closer to sleeping. Um, So just don't have a lot of illumination. If you've got to brush your teeth um, and you go to the bathroom, try not to turn on your bright bathroom light. Try to use light that's coming in from somewhere else because, again, now you're disrupting the light that's coming in. Or do that earlier in the evening. And then as you're turning the lights down, you're not 
exposing yourself to brighter lights than than you're getting used to. If you have light pollution, again, from street lights and other things coming in, get blinds. Some people wear a sleep mask. I mean, if you have a serious problem with this winter depression, a sleep mask is not the worst thing in the world for you. It, it may be what you need to get the light out. So we're thinking about blocking light, turning it down, um, and, and bringing ourselves into that sleep time. Uh, read a book. The problem with watching movies late at night is a lot of them are loud. They have special effects. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it frightens you. Um, If it's a depressing movie, a moody movie, or a holiday movie that has a sad ending, um, that's not good for sleep. But a book, a good book, that doesn't have a terrible ending or scary, scary things in it, is something that could take your mind off of what's going on, relaxes your brain, doesn't stimulate your hearing and jolt you, and it's not bright light. So you can have a soft reading light. So reading a book after you've watched your shows, before you're going to sleep, also brings down stress. It, it just, it really, really does help you move into the, the sleep mode. Um, you could play soft music while you're reading. Again, we're trying to lull ourselves into sort of a, a calming, not having to think too much, relaxing time. And get a good night's sleep. So speaking of light, there's something called light therapy. And we talked about getting out in the sun. But what if you live up north and your skies are just gray, gray, gray all the time? You're never going to get enough light. They make light therapy. I actually bought this for um, my daughter who lives in Brooklyn because the gray skies and the tall buildings... It just it's impossible for her to get enough light. Plus, she's taking vitamin D every day. I make sure. So they have light therapy lamps. There's a million of them out there. I'm sure there's even more since this year. Everyone's been stuck in the house that people have needed to get some light. So look for uh, light therapy. Um, it has information when it when you get the light about how long you should use it. Uh, People say to start using it for 30 minutes first thing in the morning. Um, Whether you use it a couple of times or a few times during the day, um, check that out. You might even want to talk to your uh, health provider. But there's lots of good information about light therapy. We talked about getting outside. Now, not only getting outside just to be outside to get the light, but, but getting your blood moving. So we want to exercise. And exercise is pretty much good for everything. Does it have to be a jog? No. Does it have to be lifting 30-pound weights? Of course not. Getting your blood moving and exercising doesn't mean you have to have this horrible sweat all over you and stink like a bodybuilder. (laughs) It can mean gardening. If you have a little space, even if you have a patio, you can plant things in pots. And it's fun to go in there and dig in and... Check your soil and feed your worms. Don't forget to feed your worms if you have red worms in your your pots. I do. I give them veggies, leftover veggies. Um, but get outdoors. Choose an activity that you like. It can just be walking. Walk around the block. Walk to a certain park and back. Move the blood. Get it going. 
it is good for your health and it's good for your your circadian rhythm because your body knows you're awake and you're moving so it's definitely a great thing to do so make sure you get your blood moving cut out stimulant consumption in other words caffeine alcohol and sugar not good for people who have this problem not good for any of us really (laughs) although I don't really have a problem with caffeine but it's not good for people who have this problem with winter depression so at least in the winter cut back on the alcohol turn to decaf you would be surprised that decaf coffee actually tastes really good it still has a tiny bit of caffeine even decaf uh, products still have caffeine whether they admit it or not um and sugar throws you off so you need to stay away from these things um some of them stimulate some of them depress but you know you're messing up your hormones and your neurotransmitter levels and this is something you really don't want to do I know people crave chocolate uh, during the holidays. A lot of people are drinking a lot more. And some people, again, drink the caffeine, the coffee, every single morning. You can blend your caffeine, your coffee, with some decaf to come off of it if you you feel like you're really addicted to caffeine. Um, That's what uh, we did for the past few days. We've blended some decaf in it. Um, just because we were feeling like a little jittery, and I think we were just drinking too much coffee. So if we cut back on the caffeine, it's okay if we have two or three cups of coffee because it is now mostly decaf. So slowly reduce it if you think you're super addicted, and then just go with the decaf. Again, you'll be surprised that it, it just tastes delicious. This, I think 2020 is the year of pets. Everyone got a pet. Cuddle your pet, love your pet, get a pet if you don't have a pet. Pets are amazing. Uh, They make people live longer. People are happier with pets. If you're someone who tends to be depressive, a dog, and I don't mean 40,000 animals, but a dog, the size that you can fit, or if you can have one, is an amazing idea. Think about what you have to do now. You have to care for something. So you have a purpose to get up. You have a purpose to get up early in the morning instead of sleeping all day. You have a purpose to um, getting outside because the dog has to go outside. Now you've got to move. You've got to be exposed to sunlight. You've got to exercise. So you might even lose some weight walking more than you thought you were ever going to walk. Um, there's just no no negatives, especially for people who don't feel right in the winter or don't feel right lately so I think 2020 has been the year of pets and I think 2021 is also going to be the year of pets but probably also the year of babies oh we had a puppy we could take care of it now we need to have a a baby (laughs) I think we're going to see a huge baby boom next year um eat right uh if you got a snack instead of snacking on chocolate eat fresh fruit nuts um if you have a loved one in your life just a hug a simple hug a few times a day. I'd, I'd like to say we'll keep the doctor away, but it won't keep my doctor away because he's the one giving me a hug. <laughs> but you'd be surprised what a hug can do. Or give someone a hug with a mask on if they don't have COVID. <laughs> That's horrible that we have to say that. You should just have to say 
give them a hug. You shouldn't have to have all this caveats. It's just insane. So anyway, these are all things to help boost your serotonin levels, okay? Vigorous exercise, moving, getting along, going for the dog walk. Don't do the cravings. Cut back on the caffeine. Also, some people are just sort of moving through time. And what I mean by that is they don't have goals. So they're just kind of, every day just kind of wastes away. And at the end, the day's over. And then they try to go to sleep. And then they wake up. And it's the same thing every day, every day, every day. You need to change that up. You need to give yourself a goal, a, a purpose. So the purpose could be your dog, if that's what you decide. But your purpose could also be self-improvement. That means learning something. And we're so lucky in this day and age. We have a million different courses that you can take online so you're not exposed to anybody's germs. And you can learn almost everything. So think of something that you want to learn. And I don't care how old you are. We need to always be learning, keep our brains active, functioning, working, active, 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 active. Because if you don't, it's just going to get sluggish. And then people have problems. So think about what it is you want to learn. Do you want to learn how to knit? Do you want to learn how to paint? Do you want to learn how to make a craft? Um, maybe cook a new recipe. It's it's just amazing what you can learn. Or maybe you want to move towards an educational goal to improve your work status. Um, both my kids are back in school. One's doing her master's degree. The other one did a master's degree, but she's doing a graduate level degree for a, certif- a certificate. So it's graduate level classes, but it's only like six classes instead of the other one having to take like 12. But they're both doing the same thing, which is really funny. But they decided to do this to further their career. So if you're in a job and you think either you want to break out and do something else or you want to do better, get more money, get a bigger raise, a different position, think about classes. So it might be your goal is to do something for work or it could be a goal to improve your personal life and to learn something new. But there's an unlimited amount of things that you can do. When you set that goal, don't make it a broad goal like five years later I have to do this. Make it something you can accomplish now. I'm going to take X course. I'm going to learn this skill. Something that you can accomplish. And when you have accomplished it, you feel better inside. You check that off. Another goal could be I'm going to walk every day for 30 minutes. Another goal could be I want to walk an hour three times a week. So make these goals, write them down, and as you're accomplishing them, you feel good. We need to feel good inside. And every time you feel good, it increases your happy hormones. And that's what we really want to do to make people feel better. So make sure that the ones that don't feel good are moving towards a goal that they can accomplish and they can check off that list. The last one is stay connected. And this is a really tough one this year. We've all been, oh gosh, we're really not even having a Christmas, Christmas Eve. It's just sad, literally. 
but we are going to do a Zoom and we're going to all get together and we're all going to talk and I'm going to have one with my dad and my stepmom and my niece is there who did a negative COVID test so she wouldn't get my dad sick and we're going to do it with different family members and we're all going to get together and it is what it is. So we can't have parties this year so I'm going to tell you to stay social which is what part of the treatment or to try and prevent this winter depression. But there's not a lot of people-to-people places to go right now in this world. So you're going to have to Zoom call people. You're just going to have to FaceTime them. Get on the phone and just call them. Talk to other people. Reach out. Even though you don't feel like doing it, it will make you feel better. To know someone else cares about you and they want to talk to you and they spend some time on the phone with you, or call the person that you know that's not feeling well, just to say hi. Hey, did you take that walk you were going to go on? How was it? What did you see? How was the hike? How do you feel? Oh, how are those new boots you bought for your, your hiking? Talk to people. Reach out. Socialize. We all need to have more connections. We're less connected now, but we need to, we need to have more connections. Not physical right now, but we got lots of gadgets all around us that will connect us with people that we love, that we care about, and we want to talk to, and we want to hear from. So if you're feeling down, please try to reach out. Do tell your family members how you feel so they can help you. If you don't tell people that you don't feel right, no one's going to be able to help you. Now, there are people who just, none of this that I've just told you is going to make a bit of difference for them. They're just seriously depressed. They need help. They need to see a therapist. And when I mean see a therapist, again, I know people who are doing Zoom calls with therapists. Okay? Doesn't mean you have to be in the same room with someone. You can get help. The professionals are out there. There's all kinds of them are on the internet now. Find out the reviews. Get um, a referral from a friend or another professional that tells you that I know this person is legit. They helped me. They helped my friend. They helped someone else. They're really good. They know what they're doing. You don't want to just go on the internet and find the first therapist that shows up on, you know, a Google search. They may not be the best. I mean, they could be, but it's uh, unlikely if they spent that much money that, that they are actually the best because the best has a reputation and doesn't need to advertise so much. Anyway, I love you guys. Um, I hope nobody out there is having this problem, but I have a feeling that a lot of you are. So get some sleep. Stop the caffeines. Get outside. Get in the sun. Take vitamin D. Get some sleep. Turn off the lights in your room. Don't watch binge watch movies till 2 a.m. We're guilty of all of this ourselves. Um, And then sleep till, you know, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Get some books, set a goal, learn something new, and let people know that, you know, you're not feeling right. People can't help you if you don't tell them. And reach out and get a therapist if you need it. Um, This is Nurse Amy uh, wishing you guys the best holidays, Merry Christmas, and everything else, and a Happy New Year. I love you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. 
Check out our website at www.doomandbloom.net for hundreds of informative articles about survival medicine, gardening, natural remedies, medical supplies, and lots of other good stuff. Contact us, send your email to drbonespodcast at aol.com or use the contact form on the main page of the website. See you next week. 